welcome back to the Back in Session podcast. First podcast episode of 2024. How's it going, Ryan? Good. Happy New Year. Good yeah. to be back. Happy New Year. It's good to be back. Now we're in the, uh, what do they call it? It's the, you know, for the for the last like month, people are like, oh, let's let's circle back after the holidays. Well, now it's circling it's circle back. back season. It's circle back time. Circle yeah. Back <laughs> so, so we're we're in the, we're in the heat of it, uh, getting ready for for everything going on in 2024. So, how was your uh, how was your holiday? Good, good. How was yours? I'm sure you're you're geared up. You're only a month away now. Yeah, yeah. Last last uh, Christmas and New Year's as a house of two. Three, if you include Gidget the Yorkie, had to uh, Gidget. No, that's the last, last, last uh, holiday season as three, and uh, next year will be four. So, yeah, pretty excited. You know, I was actually impressed with myself the last couple of years. Like once midnight hit, like I was out for the count. Like I don't even know if I made it to midnight. You know, getting old, but I actually made it. I think I didn't go to bed till like two a.m. That's pretty good for you. Like, yeah, I was pretty impressed with myself. So, started the new year off with a bang. <laughs> And I think we're starting the new year off with a bang for the podcast. We've got a pretty exciting guest on uh, with us today. We're pretty excited to have Charlotte Hickox with the Toy Association uh, on to talk all things toys and what they work on um, across the country. Uh, so, yeah, we're pretty excited for this conversation uh, Charlotte's the director of state government affairs. She's been in that role for a little over a year now. Um, so pretty, pretty excited for this conversation and to talk all things toys. Uh, cause I think we, we both have an interest, Ryan. In, it's definitely uh, a fun way to start off the new year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you think toys is like little kids, but toys are, you know, appealing to, to older folks too, as well. Um, especially I think people in our generation. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll welcome Charlotte onto the show and, uh, hope you guys enjoy. Well, Charlotte, welcome to the back in session podcast. We appreciate you coming on today. Glad to be here. Happy new year. Happy new year. So just to get things started, uh, go, we'll go with the basics. What exactly is the toy association? And can you tell us a little bit about the history of the organization? Yeah, so the Toy Association was founded way back in 1916, originally as the Toy Manufacturers of America. Uh, and today we're the not-for-profit uh, for the North American um, Association representing hundreds of companies, which include manufacturers, retailers, licensors, and many others who are involved in the youth and entertainment industry. So essentially everyone who touches the space of kid entertainment but as um, all of you probably know, the kid entertainment industry has really evolved to be what we also now include as kid alts. Um, those folks who, um, like myself and a lot of my friends, maybe of a certain age um, or a certain generation who still find themselves uh, liking Legos or maybe video games who still purchase things that are included in the toy industry. I may you just or may describe not. me and Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, See, you know, a certain generation, you just never know. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, I may or may not have a group chat of friends and they just send group or they send photos of like their new Lego Star Wars sets put together. And I'm like, you're 35, but <laughs> I like right. it. <laughs> I mean still a kid I, at heart. 
Right, exactly. I may know some friends who had some Legos under the Christmas tree, and they yeah. might be in their <laughs> mid to late forties. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now that actually skips ahead to a question we had later, but you you brought up adults. Yeah. Um, and an interesting statistic that I found uh, online doing some research is that the biggest driver of growth in the toy industry is from adults, which. Uh, clarify me if I'm wrong, uh, ages 12 and up. What, what do you attribute that to? I mean, is it just a generational thing, like you said? or You know, I, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think it's generational. I think it's nostalgia. I think it's, you know, I don't, this is just my own opinion. I don't know if there's research behind it, but I think that, you know, there is this change in society of less and less people like myself who aren't necessarily having kids, but who are still have that disposable income, I guess and are still playing with toys and those are the type of people that we love and our members love who go out and buy things for themselves and you know when you're talking about uh some of the more expensive toys that can cost upwards of two or three hundred dollars we love those types of adults and consumers yeah no absolutely and i think we probably know a couple of those folks (laughs) so right (laughs) so charlotte can you talk a little bit about your professional background, uh, your career path to this point and how you ended up in your current role? Yeah, I mean, I don't think when I was 18 years old, I ever thought, oh, I'm going to go be a lobbyist. Um, I'm not sure many people think that. None of us ever uh, did. Right, especially with a bad connotation that we all seem to have in normal everyday society as lobbyists. Um, so I graduated from college and went and did two congressional campaigns. Um, and while I love the work on the campaign, I realized really quickly that campaign life is not for me. Uh, I don't enjoy not having a job after three or four months. Um, and so those were out on the East Coast. I came back to Ohio where I grew up and like, I'm going to go work at the Ohio legislature and really had no idea how that was going to happen, but ended up Uh, getting a job there and working for a great member who was young and up and coming. And he um, ended up becoming minority leader. And so I worked for him as a senior legislative aide. And we had a great time, even though we were in a super minority um, and were able to get some stuff done in that super minority. Um, And so worked there for about five years and then kind of skipped around to did a at a telecommunications job, a company, and then we actually had a Democratic governor get elected here in Ohio for the first time in, a, in I think, a decade or a decade and a half, and so I was asked to join his administration uh, and worked at Ohio EPA for him doing legislative work. Um, he only served one term, unfortunately, uh, and so left the administration and then actually started my first foray into association work and went to the Ohio Chamber of Commerce uh, and really kind of fell in love with association work. I mean, working with members and kind of getting that vast um, difference between companies and seeing how they kind of all come together for one common good uh, really excited me and I enjoyed the work there. Um, so I was there for a few years and just kind of started to make my way up, did some contract lobbying after that, had my own firm for a while through COVID, um, which I think we all can agree, COVID and lobbying and legislative work was its own beast for a while um, when legislatures were shut down. And then um, just for some own personal reasons, I kind of set out to move up to the East Coast or to the Northeast 
And so I uh, was looking for a job to allow me to do that. And this toy association job came along and um, I had done some contract work that allowed me to cover and manage multiple states. Um, and that was really fun for me. And so the toy association loved my background and what I had done previously. And so joined them. And honestly, who doesn't want to go talk about toys all day? Uh, and work with some of the companies that I grew up playing with their toys, like Lego and uh, Disney and, um, you know, all those fun toys that I just grew up with, you know, G.I. Joe's and Cabbage Patch Dolls and Barbie, and it's just been great. And so I've been with them for um, about a year and a half now, and it's just been fun. I cover uh, 19 states. Um, Luckily, not all of those 19 states are active at once or have major issues at once. Cause I think um, my mind would, where my head would be spinning around uh, like no tomorrow, if that was the case. You'd have to learn uh, how to clone yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> although I would rack up the frequent flyer miles. like no Oh tomorrow. yeah. So, I mean, that would be nice. My dog would hate me though. So <laughs> my dog would absolutely hate me. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how I ended up here. And again, I never set out to be a lobbyist, but uh, I love it. I love the legislative process. I love the strategy behind it. Um, and here I am. Yeah, I, I think that's pr- a pretty fascinating background. And you, you bring up a good point. I don't think any of us really thought that we'd be lobbyists when we started our careers. Uh, Ryan and I both started out in campaigns. Uh, and we both uh, did a stint in the legislature as well. But, you know, here we are. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's, it's a great profession. And like you said, the strategy behind it is fun. Uh, it's challenging, but it's also rewarding. And, right. you know, you also mentioned sort of like that negative connotation of, you know, you hear lobbyists and you think, you know, the worst people in the world. Right. Um, right. And I remember when I when I got a job uh, switching over from the legislature to lobbying, I called up my 80 year old Italian New York uh, grandmother <laughs> and I said, hey, like, just want to let you know I got a new job. I didn't even say what. And she's like. Uh, don't tell me you're going to be one of those uh one of those one of those dirty lobbyists and i was like no <laughs> no they're not they're not dirty like you don't understand right. like we actually do good things so right right um, she's now on the, on our side so that's good, that's good. <laughs> i mean if, i think if people knew um how much time i really just sat in committees like listening to people talk um or watch committees now on on a uh, youtube or live streamed i mean they really it's really not that exciting sometimes i mean Uh, it's not quite the glamorous lifestyle that people think it is at least Mm -hmm. not for state lobbyists I mean I you know I don't do too much DC work um, but state lobbyists at least it's not a glamorous lifestyle not like it is on TV no definitely not (laughs) it's not house of cards no so the next question for you Charlotte what are some of the in toys right now or where can we find out more information about some of the end toys my wife and I are, are expecting in less than a month. So this is, I think is going to be my world for the next <laughs> at least 18 years, yeah. uh, potentially more the way things are going. Right. Um, yeah. W- where can we go find out more information? Sure. Well, first, congratulations. Uh, very exciting. Thank you. Um, are, I unfortunately am not the one who gets to play with toys all day long. Um, I get to talk about the regulations around toys all day long. Um, so, our so, so you have the fun job, <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. Our communications team does a great job of posting on our LinkedIn profile under the toy association of their, um, 
reviews and talking to TV stations across the country of what the in hot toys are. I will also say we have a program where we have uh, accredited STEM toys. And so we do go through and review toys for STEM learning purposes. And so for younger kids and even middle school, high school kids, um, for those parents who want to get toys to help for the development and learning process uh, for STEM, um, we do have a program uh, that and we have a list of all of those on our website, uh, which is the toy association.org um, that parents can buy from or at least look at and then go search retailers for. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'll have to take a look and maybe, yeah, absolutely. maybe Uncle Ryan can take a look too. So he can, <laughs> there uh, you go. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do have to say that's, I think that's a, a really good, uh, really good point. I was in a toy store, local toy store in a smaller town in Jersey about a month and a half, two months ago. And I was amazed because at least when I was younger and a kid, I don't remember there being that many STEM inspired toys right. available. Unless maybe that wasn't the type of toy I was going for, yeah. you know, which some things never change. Right. But, um, right. I was amazed at the sort of growth that, you know, and available options for that. Yeah. I think it really is. Um, you know, the STEM program has done such a great job, I think in the past, even just 10 years or so in helping foster the learning at home before you get to school in the classroom and so I think that the toy industry and what we really try to do as an association too is foster the play for learning. Um, and we know that and studies have shown that playing is such an important part of learning. And we do have a, we also have a program called the Genius of Play, which really is all about the fact that playing and using your imagination really does help set up kids for the work that they're going to be doing in school and that playing at home and playing with toys and using your imagination is a fundamental part of the learning that you can do at home to prepare you for the work that you're going to do in school. So as an industry, what do you think are some of the bigger challenges that you're facing right now? Yeah, you know, I think like every single industry, we are watching the economy and what the economy is doing. You know, we are still recovering from COVID. Um, I, you know, I think a lot of industries are still recovering from COVID. Um, you know, trade and the shipping process is still very important to us. You know, when we see what's happening with our ports and even what's going on in the Red Sea right now with you know, piracy and all of that, it's just amazing on a global standard, you know, what, how that impacts what's happening either here at home or how our product gets from wherever it's being manufactured into our stores. And so that is a, a big concern for us. And certainly trade issues are a big concern for us. But even here at home, you know, making sure that we have a fair regulatory environment is a big deal for our members. And that's from the state, federal and international standpoint. And we as an association, we we work on all three of those levels of government. You know, we're not just a, a U.S. based regulatory environment. You know, we cover a global industry and we have 
members who, you know, sell in the U.S., who sell internationally, who also manufacture internationally. And so we really have to watch, you know, all levels of government for us. And so we we really are concerned, you know, on everything across the globe. Well, speak, speaking of regulations, I've seen that, you know, just walking through stores, like there's some retro toys that are coming back. Yeah. Um, I was actually at a, at a friend's kid's uh, fourth birthday party a couple of weeks ago and she was gifted a light bright. And I was like, light, like that's still a thing. Like that's coming back like that Furbies, Ninja Turtles Uh, with this sort of resurgence. How does the industry work with regulators to ensure that these nostalgic toys meet modern safety and compliance standards? Sure. I mean, if those nostalgic toys are being, are currently being manufactured again, I mean, if it's a light bright that is being remanufactured, they would have to meet all safety standards that are currently on the books. And we are very much a part of development of those safety standards. We were on the forefront of the development of them um, 40 some years ago when they were first developed. We're still, we chaired the committee that reviews and revises them now called the ASTM F963 toy standard um, that we, my coworkers are on my team are involved in on a daily basis. Um, And so we work very closely to ensure that those standards are revised and updated on a regular basis and that our members are very aware of them. And so, you know, any, any toy has to meet those standards. We work very closely with the, the Federal Consumer Protection Safety Commission, which regulates all of the toys that are out there to make sure that our companies are meeting them. I mean, that is probably, aside from the state and federal regulations that we do, the kind of the biggest thing that we do. Um, so they just have to go through the process as much as uh, any other product that's out there in terms of meeting those standards. So I, I will admit, I did just have to Google what a light bright was. You did you not know what a light You've bright was. You've got to be kidding me. I have to, <laughs> oh, I have to own up to it. Now you're going did... to have to Google like the jingle that went with it because now I have the jingle in my head <laughs> and I'm not going to sing it for you, but like there's a jingle that goes with it. So mm-hmm. now, um, now it's in my head. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. I have no idea what you were talking about right now. Oh, so I will, <laughs> I will have to search that later. You're, you're going to be demoted I, off the podcast. I, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I always learn something new. I always right. learn something new on here, um, which is great. So you touched on a little bit. You yourself work with 19 states. How does the association as a whole approach working with, you mentioned the Consumer Protection Bureau at the federal level. How do you work with federal, state, or even local governments to uh, make sure your members are well represented? Yeah, so we um, we have a great team Um at the Toy Association. And, you know, I think like a lot of other associations and lobbying firms, you know, we are all about communication and making sure that we are getting in touch and um, having an open dialogue with both our federal regulators, but also our federal legislators and state legislators. You know, we also employ when needed um, state contract lobbyists in the states where we have issues going on. And, you know, we have a fairly small nimble team at the association. And so having contract lobbyists in states is a great 
um, tool that we have just to have someone on the ground who has those personal relationships, um, you know, when we have a big issue happening at the state level. Uh, we currently actually have a bill in Pennsylvania uh, regarding stuffed toys. And so we have someone on the ground there who's been working on the bill for us um, just so I don't have to, to essentially live in Harrisburg right now working on that. Um, not that Harrisburg isn't a lovely place to be in the middle of winter, um, but, you know, we can do it without people in the States um, helping us with issues like that. But open dialogue is really the key and in, in making sure we know the staffs of people and uh, and can have those conversations when we need to. Yeah, if you were stuck in Harrisburg right now, you'd be getting ready for the, you know, the annual Armageddon snowstorm. Impending snowstorm. I know. <laughs> yeah. But you might be getting that too. That... I know. I think that we're going to get a little bit of here too. So yeah, yeah. I think it's already turned to rain. I right? don't worry. Well, I hope so because <laughs> Amanda's baby shower is Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. But uh, going back to the association, what's on the agenda for 2024? Now that we're in a new year. Yeah. So you know, we as always are looking to protect our members' ability to continue to do business and produce the best toys out there in a fair regulatory environment. Um, but we kind of always have a cluster of uh, topics that we're always watching out for, and they kind of span the same issues state and federally, and those kind of include um, children's online safety issues. You wouldn't necessarily think that for a toy association, children's online safety would be one of our issues, but it is these days. And, you know, we're seeing so many data privacy bills pop up amongst the states, um, primarily because the, the federal government hasn't done a whole lot on it yet. Um, so we're hoping that maybe the feds will, will finally do something. Um, and we're, so we're working on that. Chemical regulation is a big issue for us, whether it's PFAS or other uh, chemical reporting issues. Um, packaging is going to be a really big issue for us this year um, on EPR bills, whether it's battery recycling or just also packaging and what the packaging of what surrounds the toy can be. Um, you know, on the federal level, as I've mentioned, trade is going to be a big issue. Um, any environmental issue is going to be a big issue. Continuing to work on um, issues with the Consumer Protection Safety Commission, as well as the ASTM revisions and toy safety standards. Um, you know, those are always kind of our bread and butter, everything that's always out there. Um yeah, those are our big issues. I'm going to continue working my stuffed toy bill in Pennsylvania and anything else that pops up. So how do you see the future of the toy industry and how do you feel, you know, as a government affairs representative, public policy and your role um, shape helping to shape that future as well? Yeah, you know, I think that our industry is really strong. I mean, 2022, we were a $40 billion industry. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that's gonna go anywhere, you know, it may fluctuate a little bit. But, you know, the great thing is, you know, we're always gonna need toys to play with. And so I think that the question for us is really just how do we maintain a safe regulatory environment for our manufacturers and retailers 
and licensors to be able to put out the best products and the safest products for kids to play with. Um, and that has always been our goal. And I think that's always going to continue to be our goal. Um, and so I think that it really is just a matter of continuing to have these open dialogues with legislators and regulators across the country and internationally to make sure that that we can continue to do that. And I guess just to sort of wrap things up, uh, we always like to end with a fun question. So I know you've got a lot of great members out there, so don't want to alienate anybody. But yeah. What, what's your favorite toy? Oh, my goodness. Um. Well, when I was a kid, I was very much into My Little Ponies because I was horse obsessed. Um, my parents, since they are uh, not to totally date myself nor them, but since they are in their late 70s and starting to think about transitioning of moving out of the house that they have lived in all of my life, really, uh, recently gave me back all of my toys. They still had them as remarkable. Um, so my mother had given me, gave me them back. Um, so I found my Barbies and my Cabbage Patch doll. Um, and so since I work from home, um, and I work for the toy association, I of course had to put all my toys in my office. Of course. (laughs) Um, and so I now have an office filled of Barbies and my Cabbage Patch doll and a few other things. And so, um, it is quite fun to have those toys out again. Um, (laughs) My brother and I used to play with G.I. Joe a lot, although he would only let me be Scarlet, mm. um, which hopefully that would change in today's society where maybe <laughs> I could actually play with some of the G.I. Joes, the, the right. male G.I. Joes. Um, and so, yeah, but I do love Legos. Um, yeah, I mean, they're just toys are just fun. I got to yeah. say, I was never big into video games. Uh I wasn't a big gamer. I'm still not a big gamer. Um, yeah, I do well, like I'm, some board games though. So yeah, it's it's funny you said that about your parents giving you all your old toys, and my parents still have all of our GI Joes and yeah. matchbox, matchbox cars up in the attic. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, we have this giant like container of matchbox cars. I mean, this thing's got to be oh, like a yeah. hundred pounds. And my dad, within the last year, he's like do you want the matchbox cars? And I was like, this is before I was expecting a kid. I was like, what do I need this like giant box of matchbox cars for? But now I'm glad he kept them because now I have a kid on the way. So, you know, can try to reintroduce some of those things. And I'm personally excited to at least have an excuse to, you know, now buy more Legos and right. There you go. To try to have fun with. So I'll try to, I'll try to share with, with my future. son. There you go. We'll I see. do feel like maybe I need to go get a light bright now. Like now I'm thinking about yeah. light bright. I think I need to go uh, get one. Yeah, you definitely right, there do. There you go. <laughs> Just Absolutely. to understand. Yeah. Light brights for everybody. Exactly. <laughs> so Charlotte, where can our listeners go to learn more about the Toy Association? Toyassociation.org. Or check us out on LinkedIn. You, especially LinkedIn will have, re, you know, we'll talk about toys at LinkedIn and updated information and toyassociation.org. You can find contact information and um, updated testimonies and letters of support for legislation around the country. Uh, so, yeah, LinkedIn will definitely have the most up-to-date information on things going on with us, though. So, Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll be sure to check it out and, and stay tuned for some of these, um, you know, interesting new toys and 
uh, I'm curious to to check out some of these STEM toys, especially. Yeah, so, absolutely. Pre- yeah, appreciate you taking the time. This has been very informative and fun. So uh, we well, appreciate thanks, you. Yeah, we appreciate it, Charlotte. Yeah. Thanks so thank much. Thank you, Charlotte. Definitely a great way for us to start off the new year. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. And that wraps up the first episode of 2024 for the Back in Session podcast. I think we had a pretty good conversation with Charlotte. Um, learned learned a lot about the Toy Association and and what they're working on, and uh, it's got me feeling a little nostalgic. Not gonna it lie. definitely does, right? I'm gonna have to go find what a light bright is now. Yeah, I'm, I'm see if I can track one down. Definitely judging you for not knowing what a light bright yeah. is. That's I feel for like sure. This was a a really good conversation, especially after coming off of Christmas. I have younger cousins, and seeing some of the toys that they get now, I'm sort of amazed that I think what it is now compared to what it used to be like when we were when we were younger and kids but um definitely feeling nostalgic after that and always good to hear a little bit more about a, a different type of industry and it really does go to show there is an association for everything right it's a lot of things you typically don't think about but she had some great points about how some things internationally are even affecting you know how they operate here uh different states affect how they operate things you just wouldn't normally consider or think about yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I am curious, what, what what do the little cousins get for Christmas? Anything like notable or good? So one got a Hot Wheels. One like got a, a really, really nice Hot Wheels set. Like a like a set of like the little ones or? Yeah, I'll send you a picture. But it was like a it's a big track. Gotcha. Really I feel like when I was a kid, they just had like the little runways. Right. And you would just like push them. Now it's like. Yeah. Wines. That was cool. And the other. Uh, a barbie house or something hmm. like that yeah well my my dad when i was a kid he built this thing called matchbox city which i should have should have mentioned it to charlotte but uh it, it was pretty cool he like built this thing out of wood it was almost like a table out of wood and then he bought like all the different like accessories for that matchbox or hot wheels made or you know whatever you know um so we have like a car garage that i could like put the cars up through and then a car wash. It was like an actual like like he thought it out. Like there were streets, there was a beach with sand. Like I don't know how he did. He it. made his own little. He made his own little town out of Matchbox. That are I you going to do that? I think he might be doing it. He might be. Doing- <laughs> he might be. He might be doing it. Um, you know, I don't know if I'll have the time to to build that. I'll, I'll try, but uh, we'll see what Grandpa goes, has to say. Goes to show, no matter how old you get, you can always find a way to yes get back exactly. to the basics, right? Exactly. And it got me thinking, too, about something else cool from when I was a kid uh, that I haven't really thought about in a while. Everybody talks about Legos, like love Legos. But did, did you remember Connects? I think I do. I mean, it's kind of like, is it like a Lincoln log? No, not really. It's like the plastic, like little pieces that you would like build stuff out of and they would like connect. Yeah, I do remember. These. Yeah. Oh, Those yeah, are... it's like K-N-E-X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that. that. That was like one of my favorites growing up. So, um, yeah, no, just, yeah, conversations got me feeling nostalgic going back to the 90s, being a kid and coming up to the 2000s. So it's, you know, very, very timely, like you said, with Christmas and the holiday season now in the rearview mirror, just coming off that. So great conversation, great way to kick off 2024 for the back in session pod. And I'm sure we'll have many more great conversations in there. Our first full year of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're up we can, to we can no longer just say we just started this. Yeah, we've been saying that for a while. So hopefully, Listen. people you know are still enjoying this. We'll we'll keep it going as long as our bosses let us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Keyword. So, Key phrase. Yeah, 
Yeah, but I think we've done a good job so far in terms of different guests, you know, associations. We had our first lawmaker on last time. Um, yeah, I'm excited for what 2024 is going to bring for the for the pod. It's it's the podcast of things you never know you wanted to learn about. That should be the new tagline. That's the tagline. <laughs> so, yeah, if you listen to this far and, you, you know, you've heard us talk about our childhood and everything now. So appreciate, appreciate you listening. Yeah. And uh, Thanks for yeah. bearing with us. Yeah. Until next time when we will be back in session. 